Craft Beer Radio, episode 228 on November 10th, 2012. Hey, I'm Greg. That's Jeff. Hey. And we are here at Craft Beer Radio. We are on episode 228, and it's a little of this, a little of that type show. So we got some beers here. A couple of we got beers. From Boston, a couple that we got from um, choo, choo, choo. from Choo Choo Choo. John, John Rubio sent us this one because it has the electrical tape around the cap. Ah. And I think the rest of these are from you. I'm not sure. That yes is from me. That is from me. Yep. Yeah, they're off. Okay, so we'll do the John one first. Sure. Boxer's Revenge. Uh, which is a barrel-aged wild ale from Jester King. Well, not potato beer. No, uh, it's the only potato vodka, right? You make vodka out of potatoes. I think it's the only potato spirit that I know of. I'm sure someone has tried putting it in beer. Yeah. See if I can find information about this Jester King beer. What was it called again? Boxer's Revenge. Boxer's. It's a mean-looking horse on it with a mustache. Hmm. Ah, found it. Okay, so this is original gravity 1.079, final gravity 1.003, which translates to an alcohol by volume of 10.2%. It is has hill country... Well water, as it's water. Malta with organic Pilsner, organic two-row, organic wheat, and organic Caramunic malts. Hopped with East Kent Goldings, Cascade, and Columbus hops. Yeasted with a farmhouse yeast and wild yeast from the Texas Hill Country. Uh, so the bacteria in use is Lactobacillus and Pediococcus. Well, it smells good. It has a tart, tangy... Perhaps a bit funky, leathery aroma on it. it. Smells kind of like a lambic. Reminds me it's of mat- drinking a Cantillon a bit from just sniffing it. It's matured in oak whiskey and wine barrels with multiple strains of wild yeast and bacteria. That's uh, it's it's kind of so. I mean, it's got farmhouse yeast, a wild yeast, lacto, and pedio. That's. A lot of stuff to throw into a beer, and and what you can actually tell if you look at the head, uh, the head is you know it's, it's not this sort of uniform kind of bubbles all mashed together. It, it's it's a bunch of uh, bigger bubbles with, with very the, very loose yeah loose head. It looks almost like blowing bubbles in your milk type bubbles. That's a good good description of it. Or soapy. It almost looks sort of the, the soapy. Yeah, kind. it looks like soapy suds. Roma on it is. I'm excited. I like it. It I does. like when the beer smells like that. Hmm. A little bit of, of leathery, you know, rich, old, leathery. It's a little tart in the nose. I don't know. It's actually the, the aroma is kind of getting a little more muddy on me. I'm not smelling it as clearly as I did at first. Now, the interesting thing about Pediococcus is, uh, Pediococcus is, it, it's a family in the lactobacillus family, 
Uh, it is actually one that's um, used for um, inoculants, things like uh, probiotics. Mm -hmm. uh, it's used uh, in the creation of cheeses and yogurts and sauerkraut. Sauerkraut uses okay. primarily pedia. Pretty tart. Mm. Thin body, but pretty tart. Really, it's really a bunch of different tart fruit flavors. You know, I'm getting some cherry, lots of cherry late in the taste. But earlier on, I was getting some pear. You know, just all all kinds of really fruity, you know, and fairly acidic fruit flavors in here. You know, pear is not particularly acidic on its own, but I was getting some some like ripe yellow pear flavors and some cherries, especially tart Michigan cherry type stuff at the end. I'm getting a bit of the whiskey. Uh, I'm getting some... Hmm. I'm trying to, to, to get some of the stuff out, out of my head that I was reading. Are you sure this thing's 10%? That's crazy. It does not taste anything like that. It's the Hill County well water. It, oh. <laughs> it changes the way you perceive the alcohol. Now, um... Yeah, the hmm, vanilla. Uh, I'm getting some vanilla. I'm getting some some oaky quality there. The yeah, label has it in, weighing in at nine point four, and um, I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm, I I think it tastes more like a six percent beer. I just go by the beer. website. Yeah, just it hides it. Doesn't taste big. We'll see after a few more sips whether we start feeling big though. Hmm. There's there's kind of a grassy note that comes from the yeast. You know the farmhouse stuff mm -hmm. that comes in, and Jeff was, Jeff covered all the you know the sour notes, which are yeah Jeff said primarily fruity cherry. Uh, I like his pear pick in there. I might even, um, but I'm trying to pull out with some of the vegetable notes because mm -hmm. I know fruit much these days, but I do have various vegetables. There may be like a little bit of hearts of palm in there, or or uh, uh, artichoke, something something not quite sweet, but a little bit. Uh, you know, has some sugars in it, but not mm -hmm. a lot. There's, uh, you know, that's a. I was getting, a, you know, sour. It was actually turning a little bit bitter on me. Maybe something like some arugula or something like that. I was getting a little like tart, you know, bitterness from like the arugula type flavor. I actually have a lot of sauerkraut. It's one of the things that. Mm -hmm. um, my diet recommends is you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a snack food at all, pile on the sauerkraut. Just do that, and it works. I saw a neat. I need to read the article. I just saw the headline this morning, where if you're getting like cravings for sweets or something like that, gargles with sugar water or like lemonade made with sugar and spit it out, and that'll you know because of the the sensors are being activated, it kind of it. It tames that craving. It'll tame your craving, but it'll still spike your insulinic oh, index. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's a good way to stop the craving without eating anything. But in terms of this mm -hmm. diet, which is trying to keep everything right. stable, you don't want those spikes. Mm -hmm. So, gotcha. So, for someone who's just on a pure calorie diet, like mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe gargling with sugar water is a way to tame those cravings. nice get a little more funkier on the nose 
has interesting kind of. I, I think the reason why I'm going to vegetables so much is because that, that aftertaste is very vegetable-y, mm-hmm. very, um, very kind of earthy. Not you know, it doesn't go so far into leathery, but it does give you this kind of grassy notes. Mm-hmm. It's this continually grassy, this sort of greenish, almost texture. It's almost almost spinach like. Yeah. Very interesting. It's very. It, it's very. Um, they call it a wild ale. I mean, the, the, you can tell this beer is alive. It's got. It's got all those little things going on in it that makes it very much a, a beer that's. Um, it's going different places and getting a lot of like, the acidity, the mouthfeel. It's reminding me a lot of grapefruit juice. Yeah. Now also. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm a fan. Jester King. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, after finishing my my sample there, maybe not as good as, you know, a great Cantillon Lambic, but it's pretty good. Cantillon's had hundreds of years to to, to get their strain exactly how they want it. This is a wild Texas Hill County strain. Probably not quite as pure as the Cantillon strains they have picked. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't been cultivating... Chocolate. We got chocolate, we got Imperial Stout, and what's this one? This one's your. Some sort of Jolly Pumpkin. Juices. Well, this was the one, that, this is a collaboration, right? Between. Yes. Yeah, Maui and, and Jolly Pumpkin. Let's save that one for now. Alright, what's Let's next? This is a Slum Brew. Porter Square Porter. So, I was recently in Boston and uh, wasn't able to bring back that many beers. Simply because didn't have the bag space for it, and they're not too keen on you bringing them on board planes. It's apparently, terrorists are going to use beers now. Jerks. So, but I was able to get, I was able to go to a place that the listener recommended to me. It was a very cool place, and there's some Cute. tweets from there up on it. And so I got a couple beers, and one of them I went to get at least one Massachusetts beer. That's something that we also can't get here. And so which one was this? This was the... Porter Square Porter. Porter Square Porter. If, <coughs> yeah, okay. You figure if there's a Porter Square somewhere near your brewery, you got to name your porter after it. I mean, that's just logical, right? So original gravity, 1.065. Uh, estimated alcohol by volume of 6.5. They're, they give you their mash temperature here. This is new. 155 degrees. Not much of a surprise there. Uh, IBUs at 31, hops with Columbus. And Actually, you know, it, it's a couple degrees higher than you know your default run-of-the-mill mash temperature, so it might help someone. What did we mash the porter at? Well, we didn't mash the porter, right? But We didn't mash But would we have? Uh, you know, 152, 153. So it's only two degrees, but you can get some, some different... Um, that would make it... See, I, I should know this. Mm-hmm. It's either more fermentable or less fermentable. I'm going to go with more fermentable. <laughs> you're either right or you're wrong. Yeah, I am. Why can't I remember that right now? You know why? Because I don't do all-grain recipe formulation yeah. all that often. So, again, hot with the Columbus and Fuggles. And here's the grain profile. Lots of different grain in here. Pale Tier Road, Chocolate Malt, Black Patent, Special B, Carafa, Crystal Malts. 
And it has also added to it as adjunct flaked oats, barley, and lactose. Don't forget the cocoa nibs. And cocoa nibs? And cocoa powder. And cocoa powder? Yep. That's what the label says. That's true. The, that, that was just the grain profile. Mm, okay. But the lactose is not a grain, so I don't understand why they put that in there. That's what happens when you let the marketing people write the mm. website. Root of cocoa powder conditioned with cocoa nibs from Taza Chocolate. These are the... Yes. Yeah, same company that you got Same company we got from. these chocolates that we had in the post show last time from. So, uh, good chocolates. Mexican. Mmm. The Mexican style. Mexican style, yes. Grainy. Stone ground, yeah. Very... It was like almost like eating... For people who don't listen. It was very gritty. It was, um... How would you describe that? What else is like that? Um, other than like having sand in your chocolate. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other food... Uh, not really cornmeal, because cornmeal doesn't have no. that hard grit still. Um, I mean, it, it can if you don't soak it hard enough, yeah. right? But uh, tapioca isn't quite the, the same thing. Yeah, I can't think of anything that was really like it. I mean, it, it was a little bit like, yeah, I mean, basically a, a, a nice chocolate with a bit of a greediness to it that actually... But it was an attractive greediness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rustic, mm-hmm. didn't it? Didn't flow like a Hershey's. It wasn't like this, yeah, or like a Diva or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But it was just as good, if not better. Oh, that almond one was so good. Oh man, wish I had more of that. You, you have family there; they could always get you some more. <laughs> it's a long drive for them. How was it? It's about a half hour for me. Hmm. Smells good. Smells yeah, uh, of, nice and dark and. Uh... Yeah, I got a lot of cookwood first. Now that I've had stuck my nose in the glass for a while, I'm not smelling it as much. Now I'm smelling a little bit. I'm getting a little bit more of the deeper notes of the chocolate. But you know, I'm smelling the. I'm actually smelling a lot of the chocolate malt. Some of that roastiness is coming through. Wow. Let me go into the flavor here. Well, hell. Okay, Slim Brew, you showed me what's up. Is this what you wanted to make? Kind of, yeah. This is what I was going for. Ooh. That's a, it's a nice bit of, of chocolate there. It's got... The chocolates are just kind of uh, balancing the astringency of the porter, so it neither is, is going too far. Mm-hmm. It's not a... Decadent. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, you. One of the words you described, you wanted your porter bee would be decadent, and you know, I'm not really feeling this one is fitting that term. It's this not. This one's a little. Uh, it's it's not. Uh, I think decadent chocolate would be a good example mm-hmm. of a decadent beer, and this is more, right. um, just kind of. It's 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 nearing the the, the bitter edge with, with, with its chocolate and uh, going towards a, a kind of coffee like flavor without quite hitting it. But it's a, it's a deep roastiness that is a, it's a kind of decadence in a way. The, um, it, it's it's so it, it's so luscious and sweet. It's it's not velvety. I'm wondering. I'm almost wishing I didn't know what was in here because I'm like thinking about the lactose, and I think it's apparent, but I also think that it is not quite how I expect lactose to come across. It almost is like a, a lighter dose of lactose, so it's not that big, full mouth feel, but you, right. get, you get a little bit of... how to describe... 
Now, I'm going to guess that the lactose is in there because I know that uh, like the salt and pepper chocolate can get a little bitter near the edge. I'm guessing the lactose in here sort of balance out some of that bitterness to, to put a sweet edge on that end. Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, lactose is not a sweet sugar, right? Right. I mean, if you taste powdered lactose, I mean, it is just barely sweet compared to... But it's enough, yeah. and, and it, it, it gives a... Um, it, 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 it doesn't... You know, that's what they put in sweet styles and, you know, milk mm-hmm. styles and like that. Just to give it a, a, an edge, a push, it is not, like you said, it's not high fructose corn syrup. Right. It doesn't I, need to be. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of the milk styles that I've had, and they seem to have a lot more, you know, of that mouth. Because, like, this doesn't have a really big mouthfeel. And one of the things lactose does to a beer is it adds to mouthfeel, you know, and... Because it's a non-fermentable sugar, yeast don't eat at the lactose sugar, so it kind of stays in there. So you get some of the sweetness, but you also get a lot of those, you know, big molecules, you know, which is kind of smoothing out the mouthfeel. And um, this one has a thinner mouthfeel, so I'm getting some little bit of that flavor, but I'm not getting all the other things that I've been conditioned to, to expect with lactose. So it's kind of interesting, you know, just kind of want to point that out. I wonder what's going on at, at the molecular level. I wonder whether... There's some binding going on with the lactose tube. It's the chocolate. Um, it's just all speculation. It's, right? it's total speculation. <laughs> we could ask, uh, you know, one of some of our listeners. You know, Tom works in a yeast lab, right? Uh, so I'm sure he has microscopes. Uh, but I guess microscopes really can't see molecules, huh? Other no. Than, other than yeast molecules, um, they're cells. Really, I guess those aren't really molecules. Yeah. I mean, lactose being a disaccharide, it's uh, hmm. So it had to break off really to start. I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I don't know chemistry that well. Wish I did. There's plenty of time to learn it, though, right? That's a good little chocolate pour there. Yeah. Pretty handy stuff. Nice beer, Massachusetts. This is from Ipswich. Somerville Beer Company. Ipswich, Massachusetts. I wonder if they have like a Slumbrew Millionaire type uh, beer named after. <laughs> That's a good question. What are the other beers they have at Slumbrew? They have uh, Attic and Eve's Flower Envy Saison. My Better Half, which is... What is it? It's a cream ale. Uh, Rising Sun. Their, their site is kind of slow, so I apologize. That's okay. Let's move on to the next beer. It's a Dampf beer. Oh, Dampf beer? Yeah, I've had more. An all barley malt beer fermented with wheat beer yeast. That sounds pretty interesting. Shut the door. No, I've had one of those. I've had a homebrew version of those. I've never. I don't think I've had a commercial version. And of course, they have an IPA. What's next on our list? We're going to do the... Um, the font's kind of hard to read here. This is... Sober Humano. This is from Jolly Pumpkin. And Maui Brewing. Blend number one, bottled on April 26th. 
Hmm. I don't see this on their site. That is is that an S or a J? It looks like an S. Sobre Humano forty three ninety one. Polina Ole. Los Pollos Romanos. <laughs> oh sorry. Try to look at the back here. So it says on the front, ale brewed with fruit juices. So it's cherries and lilikoi. Something from Hawaii. That'd be my guess. Knowing, you know, Maui Brewing, their, their slogan, or at least their unofficial slogan, if not an official slogan, is fiercely local. And, you know, they brew a pineapple beer. Excuse me, getting a little gassy here. Uh, brew pineapple beer. They brew, oh, drawing a blank on, oh, coconut porter. So they like local ingredients. And I'm sure, you know, Garrett Murrow going to Jolly Pumpkin to brew this beer, you know, Jolly Pumpkin's in Michigan. What's Michigan's, you know, state fruit? It's the cherry, practically, if not officially. Right. Um, and then, you know, Maui is going to bring some kind of thing. Oh, wait, here. What's well, a lily? This is something. Yeah, it's a... L I L I K O apostrophe I. Lili Koi. I didn't say that's what it is. Don't know what it tastes like? Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about the Lili Koi. Oh, passion fruit. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and it wasn't Garrett. Uh, one of the brewers named John was the guy who went to uh, Michigan to brew this beer. So you know, passion fruit tastes like it's it's kind of this this gross looking fruit, but it tastes good. I've never had it. I've never seen it like in the full thing. You know, passion fruit. I've seen it's it. It's mostly been dried. You know, it's kind of. I, I think it's. I think it's related to the pomegranate, uh, and this is what it looks like. Inside. Yes, I've definitely never seen one of those. So cool. I don't know if you ever played with pomegranate. Those are those are fun fruits, and they mm-hmm. have little globules of of things, and so they're kind of like nature's candy. But uh, mm-hmm. passion fruit, it, it it looks gross and yellow and black and weird, but uh, it sure does taste good. Uh, I think an example, a good example of fruit that most of us are probably familiar with is kiwi. Kiwi looks pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Sure does taste good. Oh, I didn't pour you any beer, did I? No. Holy asshole. <laughs> I'm keeping it all for this myself. This part for the course. Yeah. Keeping it all for myself. Sorry about that. Hmm. Okay, so this is about the same color as the Jester King, right? It's sort of a, a reddish orange. But mm-hmm. it's got a, a much fuller head, a much more beer-like head on it. Definitely you got some, you know, you know the fruits and the aroma, and you're getting something tropical. So even if you don't know what passion fruit is, you know, you're smelling something, and you're smelling something citric and tropical mm-hmm. in there. And if you have had dried passion fruit, or I guess most recently I've had um, chocolate-covered passion fruit, and... Uh, it, it, it's very similar. It's a distinctive smell if you have had passion fruit. So they call this a wild ale. Apparently, at least beer advocates call it a wild ale. 
So similar, I guess, to the Jester King. We did. We actually got. Something of a show here, even <laughs> oh, though it was an accidental theme. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you know that Maui Brewing Company and Jolly Pumpkin are four thousand three hundred ninety-one miles away from each other? I figured it was about that much. You? I mean, I didn't ninety-five miles. Yeah, I, I didn't know the exact number, but I figured about four thousand is what I would have said. All right. Yeah, in, this in the four to five k. Yeah. Yeah, the passion fruit definitely dominates the aroma. I'm not smelling cherries so much. I'm not smelling anything really too malty. I mean, maybe there's some supporting smells there that are, you know, malty. But I mean, passion fruit's taking the lead on the aroma. Yes, I agree. Flavor-wise, too. Although, wow, cherries, big bit of, cher- a big cherries. sour kick. The cherries are fighting it out. I mean, you know, Michigan cherries are going to be pretty tart. And I think that they're playing a role, but maybe not in, you know, passion fruits taking the fruit part of the flavor. Yeah. And then the cherries are giving this tart, which, you know, may, yeah, like you said, your advocate mentions a wild ale. Uh, it's hard to tell if the tartness would, you know, not knowing that, it would be hard to tell if the tartness was from, you know, those cherries or... You know, from cherries plus, you know, something, some kind of little buggies that give off some kind of acid when they eat sugar. Have you heard of this thing called Miracle Fruit? I have heard of Miracle Fruit. I, I was thinking about buying some of that and trying it out. It'd be especially weird on this show. So Miracle Fruit has this... <laughs> Interesting dynamic in which it turns off the parts of your tongue that taste bitter. Beer might just be gross. It might be gross, um, but it might be worth checking out. It lasts for about 20 minutes when you have it. it it's a, something called Miraculin. <laughs> it's the name of the, the chemical. It's, it's that right it. next on the uh, periodic um, table yeah. next to unobtainium. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's one of those things where you can apparently, like, if something's really bitter, you can have some of that and it'll just go down. Like, I mean, really I've sweet. seen, you know, people eating lemons and stuff, you know, after taking Miracle Fruit, and lemons just taste like sweet yeah. candy, you know, so. It's been something I've wanted to try. I'll get some. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, that'll be, uh, we'll have to figure out what kind of show. I think we'll definitely have to have Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> As one of the beers. Uh, let me see what... I mean, I, I, I looked for it once. It was kind of expensive. Okay. Miracle Fruit. Let's see here. So it's on Amazon. Yeah, so like... There's some tablets here. Um, Miracle Fruit tablets. And you probably take two. And there are ten of them. And it's 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll get some. Ew. The inside of this cap, I think. Yeah, this one's from the Jolly Pumpkin. Yeah, there, there's some stuff around the... If you look Wax- at the edge of the... Yeah, there's some waxy, goopy... It's a yeast. It's just yeast. Yeast isn't typically waxy and goopy like that. It looks more like your wax, but... Let's see what it tastes like. Your wax tastes nasty. I have <laughs> tried that one. And, ooh, that's sure. not a good idea. <laughs> I don't think I've tasted it. I think the smell keeps me away. You know, but, you know, I have had Marmite. And, you know, 
Oh, Marmite there, is so much better than earwax. <laughs> there, I, mean, I wasn't comparing it to earwax. I was comparing it to the goop inside the cap here. I'm not getting much flavor off this goop. Yeah, not as yeast. much as Marmite. But, yeah. All right, so that should be delivered by the time of the next show. I mean, you just ordered it? Yeah. <laughs> One-click purchasing, huh? Got to love Amazon. This is good. This is really good. The, the It was really fruity for a sip or two, but it's not getting too sweet. There's tons yeah. of tartness yeah. and acidity there to keep it toned down. And and the... Um, yeah, the, the passion fruit really isn't... My tongue is kind of not being drawn to just yeah. those flavors anymore. Now it's tasting a lot more like the Jester King did. It's tasting a lot more like a wild ale. But know, but it's 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 kind of it's wrangled. It it's it's fenced in in a sense that it's not going to crazy places in a good way. Um I think that we've talked about house flavors mm-hmm. from other companies I think Jolly Pumpkin has a I don't know how maybe it is a house uh character. House funk. And and it's, it's a really good character. Um, they they bring it. And every one of their beers is 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 aged, barrel aged, and bottle condition. And everything has this kind of um, it, it it's sort of this well cordoned off area that everything parties in, but doesn't really go overboard. I'm a big fan. I, I'm I'm actually I'm, I'm not a, a huge. Incredible fan of passion fruit. I find pomegranate a better okay. fruit all in all. I think pomegranate kind of gets a little bit... Kind of like pineapple. You can go overboard. Mm-hmm. But I like what it's doing here. I think this is this would be a nice beer to sit down and, and have over the course of two or three hours because mm-hmm. it's a sour one. <laughs> It'll take you a while. And it's a big old 22-ounce um, bottle. Yeah, no, this is tasty. This is... um. When you said reined in, you know, a little more confined, you know, it compared to, you know, what's the last sour beer we've had? The Jester King. So that's where I'm drawing comparisons. Yeah. The Jester King was a little more wild. It, I mean, wild's a horrible word to use there. Out of control. I mean, it it was going more places and it didn't portray such a complete and compelling flavor mm-hmm. overall is this one where this one is you know more rained you know rained in like like you said and um what it's showing you is really good yeah i mean i've, I've talked about how you know my favorite jolly pumpkin beer and my favorite beer of all time the beer of mars is beer that takes you on a journey and a beer that tells a story uh and you can say this one tells a story too they all sort of tell a story but this one goes on less tangents, less wild tangents into weird areas, whereas the the Jester King definitely goes on. You know, it, it'll it'll have a flying monkey, uh, <laughs> a flying ghost monkey fly across just just for the hell of it. You know, it'll throw breasts in the scene just because. So there there's your difference there. It's your Leslie Nielsen of, of beer of sour beers, which y'all know we're all. Listen, what does he say? Damn it, an airplane. He says it like three times. I'm not sure what you're talking about. He comes in right before they're about to land and says, we're all, um, we're all counting on you. Good luck. And then as they're landing and everything's going crazy, he walks in and says, I want y'all to know we're all counting on you. Good luck. And they've landed. He just says, I want y'all to know we're all counting on you. 
you know, Airplane, that classic that everyone's seen, that, so I shouldn't even mm-hmm. quote it because I do a right. horrible job of it. All right, so we're going to Grand Teton Brewing Company. This is Black Cauldron Imperial Stout. Grand Tetons? Why? Those are out there in Wyoming. Yep. We were there. That was when... Uh, back when Anheuser-Busch... Back when cool. Anheuser-Busch... It's cool. <laughs> it's a really cool company, even though they still produce, for the most part, pretty crappy beer, they were really cool. Grand Teton Brewing Company technically is in, on Old Jackson Highway in Victor, Idaho. This is their Black Cauldron, which is an imperial stout. 8% alcohol by volume. 22 degrees is their starting gravity. Uh, the original gravity is 20 Plato, or 1.080. I've used 43, hot with Nugget and Cascade, malted with Idaho two-row brewers, Caramunich, Carafa Special, and Beechwood Smoked. I don't think Beechwood Smoking adds much to the party, but... Well, Beechwood's a new... Beechwood form. aging doesn't add anything. Well, Beechwood... But- as an as a aging element, does not is a neutral wood, but when you burn it, it's probably not going to be so neutral. I think it's going to give you something. It's not going to be, you know, it's not mesquite barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's going to be something. It's going to give you some smoky character. That's a different smell from what we've been smelling tonight. No mistaking that for an imperial stone. Mm. Wow. Okay, so this is a uh, the Dark Knight of Beers. Black with a tan head to it. See, now I'm wishing I didn't know there was smoke malt in here because I'm smelling smoke malt, and I was I'd love to know if I'd pick that up the same way. Not know. Do you want me to hold off on the explanations before you smell it? From it depends. That it really depends on the scenario, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so sometimes you don't even listen to what I say, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do. It just happened to be that I asked you a question yeah. about it, and so... You just need to work on ignoring it right more. Yeah, exactly. What do we smell? We smell... It, we smell roast, roasted malt, but in that way that Imperial Stouts make them smell. And what do I mean by that? Let me see if I can find some words. It, it just... It's more potent. It... While not smelling like soy sauce, I think soy sauce is a good way to think about it. How Umami. distilled down it is, and potent, and so you're, yes, yeah, you're, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It, it, it's um, because when you smell soy sauce, you get this, this kind of this big whiff of of, of the of the aroma that um, it feels powerful, mm-hmm. and it's the same off of this. You kind of get this. This whiff of it, and it feels you can feel the the chemical cloud going through your system. Yeah, you can just smell the potent potency of it, and you know some of the flavors that are in there. There's probably a little bit of raisins, a little bit of licorice. There's that smoked malt, and I think there's definitely definitely a smoke character coming up in the nose on this. Also, it smells wonderful. Yum. <laughs> I think I think there's no mistaking that I would miss smoked malt in the flavor. 
Big smoky flavor. Mm. Licorice, vanilla, Rich. yeah, a little bit of creaminess to it. Uh, lots of umami. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, cookies and cream kind of flavor to it a bit. So like a you know an Oreo mm-hmm. kind of flavor. Yeah, like Oreo ice cream or something. A little like boozy. You get a little. You can tell this is bigger beer. It's not like hiding it like some of the other the um, Jester King did earlier. Eight percent. But I like my Imperial Stouts being boozy. Um, you know, they should be. An Imperial Stout at 5% is not an Imperial Stout. That's but, just a but, Stout. But no, even there's bigger ones that don't taste boozy. And I think boozy is a, it, it's a character I like. In my favorite Imperial Stouts, boozy's in there. Because of the warming character? Yeah. Yeah. At the end, you taste the, you know, the how, how hot. I don't know if I said this is hopped with Nugget and Cascade. Interesting use of Nugget bittering and Cascade aroma. Uh, because I, I could definitely taste the, the high alpha of that nugget in there, but it doesn't smell like mm-hmm. a nugget at all. Or it tastes like much like a nugget. But uh, I like, you know, I like the bit, the bittering is used very well to balance off the mm-hmm. uh, what would otherwise be an incredibly oversweet mess. But yeah. that's what hops are for. Yep. Only 43 I have used, so they didn't go overboard either, which I, I appreciate very much. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it, it's understated, but in such a great way that I'm really really enjoying it. I mean, it's just a plain old good imperial. Mm-hmm. It has some- it, it doesn't. It's not, not. It's not giving you anything super special, but perfection is sometimes its own reward, or at least close to it. Yeah, I. I I'm not sure I'd go as far as perfection, but yeah, I mean, I agree that. There's not a ton to talk about once you talked about what we said, the smoke and the licorice and the, the raisins and the vanilla and whatnot. But, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not enjoying every single sip. <laughs> it, it's a, it it's in my wheelhouse for Imperial Stouts. Yeah. It's, one, it's the kind I like to taste. And it looks fantastic, too. I mean, I don't often go by the look of a beer. But uh, and I, I really, you know, I, I kind of, I tend to actually hate it when people are like, oh, the lacing on the beer is wonderful. But it does have a wonderful look about it. And when you swirl it around, it looks really nice. And that, you know, that's definitely part of it's food to consider. It leaves a nice brown yeah. film when you swirl it. It's definitely part of food to consider. And while I don't usually consider it when I'm looking at a beer right now, partially because... <laughs> a little bit came onto a coaster, uh, partially because a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just slowly in, drinking it slow to to enjoy it. Partially because it's just it it's more fascinating to look at than the other beers were. So, I'm right. going to rank these beers. Beer wow. these ranks turn out to be a pretty good show. I should say so. All right. Jeff? Why don't you rank? Okay. All right, my number one beer of the night is going to be this porter, or this Imperial Stout. Uh, I liked a lot of the beers tonight, but finding an Imperial Stout which is in my wheelhouse, is always a special thing for me. 
and they seem to be getting harder to find. Uh, pure stouts I used to think were in my wheelhouse are no longer there. There's a lot of people who are overbittering them. There's a lot of people who are trying I, to go I, I experimental think, I think with my them. taste might have changed, but like, I don't think, well, you know, it's hard to say. Just just for my, old Rasputin does not taste the same to me as it used to. Mm-hmm. Not in my wheelhouse anymore. Um, Bell's Expedition was one of my first favorite beers. It's still good beer, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't have the magic that I thought it once had. It is probably it's it's me, not you. But you know, but what I tasted tonight was this was one of those beers that in that is there still. It, uh-huh. It's what I want. So yeah, wonderful. Number one, number two, Jolly Pumpkin and the uh, Maui Brewing Company collaboration, the uh, Sobre Humano, Sobre Humano, uh, Palena Ole. Ole, yeah, that's it, Ole. <laughs> The font. I'm having a hard time reading the font. It is a rough font, yeah. It's kind of a Manos the Hands of Fate font. I'm trying not to sneeze on the air. Um, I'm going to... Sorry about that. All right, stop. We get it. <laughs> yes. We don't edit the show anymore. It's obvious. Sorry. Um... Wonderful beer. Good use of fruit. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Maybe we'll edit this part out. (laughs) (laughs) Good use of fruit. Good use of of sourness, of of some wild fermentation. Oh, here's another one coming. No, I won't let it. All right. Why don't you talk for a little okay. bit? Here, you need some of these. Thank you. Jeff needs tissues. All right, I'll, I'll I'll do my ranking while Jeff is is cleaning up. Um, yeah, I I'm. Uh, oof. Do do I put the Grand Teton? Up? Yeah, why not? I'm going to agree with Jeff. This, this Grand Teton is great. Maybe it's flight, but man, it it hits the spot right at the end of the night. It it really. Uh, Ooh, that's good stuff. I'm really enjoying that Grand Teton. I mean, I called it perfect. I think for what it is, it's it's close to it. Uh, it kind of nails it. Mm, I'm probably with Jeff too. The Jolly Pumpkin is number two. It's just uh, in terms of uh, of getting getting a wild ale right. Um, it's hard to go wrong with Jolly Pumpkin right now. They are they are doing some some great stuff up there in Michigan. Uh, if you if you ever see a Jolly Pumpkin in your beer place, grab it. You will more than likely love it. There are a few that, you know, Firefly isn't very good, but... If it's one of the hoppy barrel-aged things, hoppy, hoppy, hoppy breaded ones, I'd stay away from those. Like, ESBM, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, if it's something, like, more like a... If it's, if it's like, a, say, oh, God, if it's the Beard of Mars, or if it's this one, pick it up. Please pick it up. You're going to like it. This was $21, and I'm not bad. I'm not at all disappointed. The, mm, the slumbrew, slumbrew was kind of what I was looking for when I made the porter, the porter that that you listened to last week. I think it was kind of what I was looking for in the, in the chocolate. Uh, you know, they, they had better techniques, adding lactose, uh, better chocolate, mm-hmm. you know, better idea behind it. So, it, I, what I wanted was at least 
part of what I wanted. Like it's like you said, decking is what I wanted too. So you know, I would have adjusted the sunroom. Mm-hmm. I would have gone in different ways, added some other thing to it. But I like where it's coming from as a base beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to have that and then then go off of that. Right. Uh, another hard luck loser. The well, they did give us the mash temperature. So yeah, they did. Yes. So the boxer's revenge is uh, is a hard luck loser. Just. Um, because it was up against some 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 really great stuff, and the the wild beer in front of it was really pretty fantastic, but uh, still very very good, and I enjoyed I enjoyed it muchly. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna reverse the last two, uh, finish up my ranking here. Uh, the box's revenge, you know, wild ale from Texas. Um, well, not world class wild ale, you know, not Cantillon, not Jolly Pumpkin. It was good. It was really. Good. We enjoyed it. I, you know, we we when we contrasted it against Jelly Pumpkin, we found we you know talked down a little bit, but still, I enjoyed that beer. So I'm gonna put it three. Um, and the Slum Brew, good beer. I didn't. It didn't hit me in a special spot. It just I didn't get the the wowish type factor out of it. it. It was good, but it didn't really excite me. Where you know I would say the Boxer's Revenge was uh, was a little bit more exciting to me. Fair enough. All right, so that is episode 228 in the books. We'll be back uh, next week with 229. And, well, actually next week, yeah. Next week, maybe not. Maybe it'll be the week after. Maybe yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving coming up or something. The, I have a, I have a thing next else. week. Okay. Uh, and, of course, I can only do this one day of the week, and that thing interferes with that because I'll need to, to have cheat day. Uh, it's a long story. Listen to the post show if you want any news on that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this show. Sorry for the delay in getting the last one out, but we hope to uh, get things out on a better clip. As long as you don't lose anything. This is Crafty Radio. You can check us out at www.craftyradio.com. Everything you hear is licensed by the Creative Commons license. Check out our website for more details. Email me at Greg at CraftyRadio.com. Jeff, Jeff at CraftyRadio.com. Beer at CraftyRadio.com to get to both of us. And uh, Jeff is at Jeff Bear. I'm at CBR Greg and On Twitter. And we got Facebook and Google Plus as well. And at Craft Beer Radio if you want to talk to Twitter both of us. Oh, yeah, does it? Yeah, all right. What's Taters Precious? Potatoes.